Hare Krishna, Krishna Hari, Hare Krishna, Krishna Hari. I've been singing that for hmm, going on about an hour and a half. Sarah has threatened me repeatedly with physical violence, which I am writing down. I'm dating and documenting it. And uh, yeah, just proof, evidence. When something goes wrong and she finally hits me in the back of the head with a baseball bat, there will be something written down to account for her, uh, in the end, I think, finally bludgeoning me to death. And everyone will say, well, who could blame her? Who could blame her? Okay, so there we go. There we have it. Um, There's a lot of things to get to today in the sense that I've got a few segments. Um... Okay, I'm just done with myself. <laughs> okay, I don't know what I think I was doing there. Okay, so let's talk. My kid is an asshole. I love him. Don't get me wrong, I love him. He's very cute. He was very cute as Thomas the Train on Halloween. And uh, yeah, I know every time I jolt or touch this glass table, it makes a very loud noise, which goes right through the microphone. So today I'm laying it on a blanket, and perhaps that would, that'll stop all the thumping and... Uh, Loud noises that happen to come through every single fucking time I record. Every time. So it's on a blanket. Let me know if it makes a difference. No? Okay, don't. Fuck off. Uh, okay, let's talk about some of my favorite people right off the top. You know I have favorites. It may or may not be you, depending on who you are. But we got yet another very, very, very generous donation from a listener. And she didn't specify if I should say her name or not, so I won't. But I told Sarah she can quit her job. Because I think that's a, like, I mean, these donations have to keep pouring in, right? I mean, it's a certainty that they're just going to keep coming, right? Are they? No. Okay. It just, it's one of those moments where I feel very humbled. And you guys know how good I am at being humble. I'm the, like, I am the best at being humble. And uh, it's very humbling because Sarah and I were talking about it. And she's like, wow, like somebody sat down and thought that you were worth their money in a medium where almost everything is free. She's like, that's a really sincere compliment. And it is. It is. It's a very generous, kind thing to do for someone you probably don't know. Okay, no, you don't know me. More than likely, you don't know me. And if you do know me, chances are you're not listening to this. Unless you're Courtney. Because I don't know how she stands me in real life. The smell and everything. And she listens to the same story 150 times. And right now, actually, she's listening to me talk about how she's heard the same stories 150 times and she's heard me talk about how she's heard the same stories 150 times. I just, I don't know where this is going. I lost myself in that sentence. But anyway, chances are pretty good you don't know me. So thank you very much. It means a lot. It's like a, it's a huge compliment. Not only is it a generous financial contribution, but it, it makes me, gives me an inflated ego, which, you know, I need. I need that. I totally need that because I am so humble. Again, so very humble. One of the most, if not the most humble person. What am I even talking about anymore? Anyone know? No. So if you've donated, thank you very much. If you're about to donate, you should. Because good God, this has been four minutes of nonstop roller coaster ride entertainment. And I'm about to, I'm about to make things go real crazy here. And by that, I mean, I'm going to play videos of my kid on a, on an audio podcast. Okay. Would you like to, okay, hang on. Let me just get this one over. One already here. Okay, this is from when my kid was 11 months old. I, I'm I'm obnoxious, but it's cute. It's listen. He's a genius. Hang on, listen. I think all of you should single-handedly go home and slap your kids because there's no way they're going to compare to how awesome my kid is. 11 months. 11 fucking months. Do you know how many kids aren't even walking at 11 months? Okay. Okay. One more. There's one more. Since it was Halloween, they taught the kids at his daycare. I just love his voice. I think it's really funny in this. They taught these kids um, like a little song and he'll say it and you won't be able to understand it because it's like he, instead of, you know how people from England sing and they sound... Uh, like normal Americans or Canadians, if you're into that kind of thing. He is the reverse. He's 
very Canadian, and he sounds English in this recording. But I'm going to play it because I'm obnoxious and nobody likes me. Hang on. Yeah, he's cool. He's super cash. Anyway, that was See My Big and Scary Eyes. Ooh, I can scare you or something. Who the fuck cares? Anyway, he's cute. So he had fun on Halloween and uh, we had a good time. He went to about 20 houses. And okay, I feel like in honor of sugar, my friend Aaron, I need to tell you this story. It's not a big one, but something happens to me when I eat sushi. Um, I should know better. My sister and my niece and I went out for sushi before trick-or-treating and about, well, we didn't even get off Sarah's mom's bay. And um, something happened. There was gurgling and uh, there was there was liquefied fecal matter knock, knock, knocking on my sphincter's door. Knock, knock, knocking on my sphincter's door. Yeah, yeah. Okay, calm down. Uh, yeah, so I very discreetly went up to went up to Sarah and I'm like, um, sweetie, there's, there's going to be an incident of mammoth proportions. Uh -huh. I, I found the weapons of mass destruction. They're inside my asshole. Okay. And she's like, okay, all right. So she goes up to her mom because her mom lives on that street. And uh, she's like, do you want to go here? I'm like, no, I really want to go home. She's like, grow up, just go and, and shit in my mom's toilet. And I was like, oh, fuck. Because, you know, who wants to do that? No one wants to shit in their in-law's toilet. Oh, fuck. So she goes up very discreetly to her mom. We're at her neighbor's house. The neighbor is there giving candy to my kid. And she goes up discreetly and says, you know, um, Sandra needs to go to the bathroom. And my sister very loudly says, she's going to poop her pants. She's got to poop. Or she'll go in her pants. And, uh, I was like, I, I, I pursed my lips together and I was like, mm hmm. And I looked at my sister. I'm like, thanks for that. Yeah. yeah thanks. Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. You're best. So then I, I made Sarah come with me cause I was embarrassed cause her dad's there and I'm like, I got to shit in your toilet. Huh? I wasn't, I was like, I'm really sorry, but I'm, I'm not feeling well. Uh, something terrible is, is going to happen here. And he's like, oh, okay. So I went to the bathroom. I turned the fan on. I turned the light on and I went and it was just one of those things. And guess who texts me? Aaron slash sugar. And I was like, shit attack. Cause I always text her when I'm having a shit attack. Cause it, she's the person who shit her pants more than anyone I've ever met. I think she's got four or five shit stories and they were all on the old, uh, uh, return to sender podcast, but maybe I can get her to recap cause not everyone has heard those and they're, they're beautiful, wonderful stories. They're stories someone should write down and turn into a children's book. Maybe that person could be me. Why can't I write a children's book? Exactly. Exactly. They couldn't get much worse. Right. And yeah, so I'm in there. She happens to text me. So I text back all caps, four exclamation points, marks, points, uh, shit attack as I'm shitting. Which maybe, does that weird you out? Someone texts you on the shitter? Does that, is that weird? Knowing that their asshole's wide open while they're texting you? It probably shouldn't be done, but I don't care. Like, whatever. I mean, once your cervix hits 10 centimeters, I think my whole idea of what's appropriate and what's inappropriate and what's personal and what's not has totally shifted. Yeah, I don't care. When it comes to bodily function, I mean, I've always been ridiculous. Here's the kind of person I am. In case you missed it, we weren't friends on Facebook, say, when... The exact time that we were conceiving Malcolm, we drove down to the States, we went to the UPS store, we picked up our freeze-dried semen and brought it to a hotel room. This is the kind of person I am. I take a picture of my legs in the air while I'm waiting for the sperm to do its trick, post it on Facebook. That's who you're talking to right now. That's the kind of person I am. In case you were wondering, where do I categorize her? Where should I put her? You know where you put me? Under disgusting. Okay? Under disgusting. Okay, let me write down disgusting so I don't forget what kind of person I am. Dis... Disgusting. Okay. Underscore exclamation point mark. Okay. Now that we've covered that, I don't remember why I was telling you this. Oh, right. I'm shitting. I'm shitting at my in-laws house and they have one of those really cool new age low flow toilets, which is really convenient when you're trying to not look like, 
uh, a manatee just filled their toilet bowl with shit. Because a lady, someone maybe half my size, would probably take a tiny little cute shit if there was such a thing. Not me. No, no, no. No, not me. Not me at all. It, it, hey, you know what would be a fun game? We could call it how many flushes. Right? Okay, you guys take a guess. How many flushes do you think this big fat lesbian took to get, to get rid of all the evidence? There, just shook the table again. Why the fuck do I have a glass table in here? Jesus H. Christ. How many shits do you, or how many flushes do you think? Okay, I hear a seven and, and a two, a two. Would I be telling the story if it was two? Okay, you're both wrong. It was, it was three and a half, which translated to a four. But in my defense, like the tank on that toilet must have been like two liters. What's that in uh, non-metric? What is that? Uh, it's fuck off. That's what it is. Why don't you get on board? Okay. All right, Americans. Yeah. The, the whole metric system, your fucking idea, not mine. Everyone fell in line except for you and some fucking, I don't know, Guadalajara. Is that a country? No. Mm, whatever. Okay, I'm going to check mark on my lack of knowledge in the geography department. Okay. Don't know geography at all. Okay. I really like this new thing where I'm writing things down. I, th I feel like it really makes a point. I've made a statement. We all understand the statement because I'm confirming it by taking notes. So when I'm done this, I can come to the conclusion that I'm a fucking idiot. I think you've already come to that conclusion. Don't really know why you're still here, but that's okay. That's okay. No big deal. So today, uh, my wonderful genius son woke up with bedhead that I think surpasses all bedhead. It was just like really high in the back. He almost looked like, do you remember what uh, John and Kate plus eight, what Kate looked like before? She kind of had that mom hair where it was slightly, um, one side would be slightly longer. And then in the back, kind of on the back of her head where a yarmulke would go, it's like she spiked it up on purpose. That was her look. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. He looked like that. He had like a good three inch high uh, peacock tail on the back of his head. Having said that, having said that, it's haircut day. And it was also uh, toenail cutting day and fingernail cutting day. And I don't know what the fuck is wrong with him. He fights. It's like literally wrestling a chimpanzee to try and cut his nails. And I don't even have to do it. Sarah does it. And by the time she's done, hands and toes, she's in a sweat, a full-on sweat, and she's red in the face because she's had to hold him down to cut them. And we're going for the haircut. And one time out of, I don't know, 15 or 20 haircuts by now, he didn't cry once. This, this time, I'm going to buy some children's chloroform because I just want him to be upright and kind of knocked out. Just so just so we can cut his hair without him fucking freaking out. I wish they had that. Or like a children's laughing gas, maybe? Is that, do you think that's a good invention? Like, I don't want to kill him or anything. I wouldn't want to do that. That's not even a little bit funny. But just kind of subdued, just relaxed a little bit. Children's morphine? Is this going to get me thrown in jail? Because I'm just kidding. It's really not worth a free podcast for me going to jail. I don't want anybody. I don't want anybody to come here. We're good. I don't need CFS, children, family services. I'm okay. Child and family services? Yeah. I'm just kidding. For the record. Just kidding. But, okay, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Okay, I've got a few segments here. I'm going to play one from Tails um, because I think she tells me to eat shit in it, and I'm okay with that. Because my opinion isn't always the best opinion, except in this case. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm kidding about the not really. So let's hear what she has to say because uh, someone's got to tell me to eat shit every once in a while. Hang on. All right, so... Sandra, I kind of want to talk about uh, how you have this stigma about, um, you know, a real lesbian has never fantasized or wanted a man or, you know, all this crap. The, the gray area that you speak of. And I, I understand that you pride yourself on not having this gray area. And, you know, good for you. I'm, I'm really happy for you that you actually had it figured out. Whereas a lot of us, we haven't we didn't really figure it out as quickly or as easily or whatever. I don't know if you're a gold star. I don't know. I, I'm not entirely sure because I'm a little drunk, so who knows. Um, but I'm just going to talk about the, uh, I think, five guys that I have been with. Uh, the first one was taken from me. Uh, there was no choice, no 
questions, no nothing. Uh, it was very personal. It was probably the single most worst experience of my life, and I have no choice in that. So that's that's number one. Number two would probably be my boyfriend that I dated for three years, and he's actually the one that um, took my virginity. And we pretty much, you know, we dated for three years, and we, we sat down in grade nine. I don't know, fucking, I was 14. Uh, we sat down, and we said, you know, we've been dating for this long. We should have sex. And we had it, like, it was weird because it was kind of an adult conversation, but we sat down and we said, you know, we're tired of being virgins, so let's let's have sex. So we did. It was horrible. To be honest, uh, he actually became a gay man and I became a lesbian. Not that I wasn't a lesbian before. I'm not trying to fuck around with that shit. But anyways, so, yeah, that was number two. Uh, number guy that I had dated, uh, I was going to school in the country. And in the country, you really can't be gay, and it really sucks. But uh, I dated this guy. I can say his name because he's never going to hear this. Uh, Kyle, and he was, you know, he was a he was a scrawny white boy who was actually super nice to me, and he was very caring. And I wanted so much, so much to be attracted to this guy because he was he was a really cool guy, and we got along really well. And so we slept together, and nothing really came of it, but that's what was expected of me, so I had a boyfriend. To be honest, at the same time, I had two or three girlfriends at the exact same time, and he knew it because I told him that I was struggling with my identity, and I didn't know what was going on, and yada, yada, yada. But he was he was super cool. He was super nice. He only... He only did what I wanted to do, and that was just sex, like... Whatever. Um, okay, so number four would have been would have been this guy that I met at a party. So number four was a guy that I met at a party um, back when I was homeless, and we used to do a lot of drugs together. Uh, I ended up doing way too much ecstasy than I, I thought I could handle, and me and my girlfriend at the time were hanging out with this guy, and shit kind of got out of hand. It turned it into a threesome that I didn't really want and she didn't really want, but he really wanted it. And that's pretty much how that came to be. I completely regretted, regretted it the next day, and it was it was horrible, and I really wish that it didn't happen, but it did. And um, that's one of the reasons why you shouldn't be doing drugs, I guess. Because you do, you do shit that you're really embarrassed about and that you you really shouldn't. And I knew I shouldn't have, and I knew I wasn't interested in any way, but I did it because, I don't know, I guess I'm Canadian and I like to make everybody happy. But uh, I am pretty ashamed of that, too. Uh, the fifth time would have been recently, actually, a, a few years ago, like two... Three years ago, I was dating my ex, my now ex, and um, I had this neighbor, and he, he was super chill, and I loved spending time with him, and I loved hanging out with him, and it was a really good time every time that we, we chilled, because he, he literally lived across the hallway from me, and he's a really great guy, and he's got such a big heart. He, had, he beat somebody up for me. And uh, we used to do a lot of blow together. And uh, one night when we were doing blow and I was upset with my ex, um, who wasn't my ex at the time, I guess some stuff happened. It happened twice. And I, I wanted I wanted so bad to want to be normal. And this was only, like I said, like two, three years ago. And I wanted... I wanted to be normal because, like, this guy, he was everything that I was looking for in a girl. Like, he was super chill. He was great to hang out with. I could be around him all the time. And I guess I kind of confused my sexuality with somebody that I like to hang out with. But that doesn't really mean that I have gray area because I am a lesbian. I'm a big homo. Even though I have slept with five guys, two of those unwill unwillingly, I have never looked at a penis. I have never touched a penis. 
A penis has never gone near my mouth at all. I don't even know what a penis looks like, honestly. I have no fucking clue. And yet I have slept with five men. But I have zero gray area, which I think, honestly, kind of makes me almost a gold star. I think I'd be a spoiled star. I'm not sure. But in the end, I don't talk to any of those four other people. But the last person, you know, we still talk because he's, he's a super awesome guy. And he understands that I was in a really heartbreaking situation. I was getting beat. I had to live with an alcoholic. Um, and he sympathized with me. And he was a super sweet guy. And so my whole theory on not having any real lesbians out there is kind of blown. Because, yeah, I know that I have slept with five men in my lifetime. Um, two of them were not warranted whatsoever. Uh, two of them were because society really wanted me to. Um, and the last one was just because I felt this really deep connection with this guy. But he's, it's not a, it's not a sexual connection. It's, um, like I'm a closeness. He is somebody that I can hang out with all the time. And he still means the world to me. But not in that way, I guess. I love boobs. I will stick my face in boobs every second of my life if I could. I will eat a pussy like nobody's business. I love women more than anything. And the fact that I slept with five guys shouldn't tarnish the fact that I'm a lesbian. And I'm just kind of trying to explain it to you from my point of view because I'm sure that there has been other lesbians on the show who have said, oh, you know, you, you keep saying gray area, you know, oh, you, you're the only lesbian without gray area, but minus, you know, you're talking about fat men and their giant man boobs, which I, I, I get, I get, they're boobs, they may be on a man, but they're boobs, but uh, I just thought I'd explain my point. Anyways, that has been Tales, and this has been an extremely honest, honest uh, entry and, um, take care, everybody. Okay. Uh, I don't even know how to start this one. Um, <laughs> here's what's going on. Uh, Tails, I don't know how to say this. I really respect that you sent that in. Um, okay, I'll just start talking and whatever happens, happens here. So just please forgive me if this is all muddled. Here's, here's how I feel. I feel that the entire world, sometimes I feel that the entire world is out to get me. Someone sent help because they're trying to kill me. Just kidding. Oh, I feel like when I was younger, all I wanted in the world was to see someone or hear someone that was like me. All I ever heard about, all the movies I ever watched were about, I think, bisexual women. And I know, labels. Who needs them? I do. I need them. I, I need to know what you are and what that means. Because when I say I have no gray area, it means I would never sleep with a man. And I get kind of defensive and angry about it because my entire life that I've been out, so since I've been, well, 19 to the whole world and 24 with my family, people, men, uh, make me eat shit about it. And I don't think they mean it in like a negative way. I think they mean it in like uh, a superior way. I think they feel like I'll just change my mind because every woman secretly wants the big D. And I don't. I don't at all want anything to do with a penis. Period. So I get kind of angry and defensive because, I mean, at first it's kind of funny. But then you kind of hear things like, oh, well, what are you going to do when she leaves you for a guy? And like, what does that mean exactly? Does that mean my relationship is invalid because there's not a penis in it? I think so. And I've heard things like, well, maybe you should try it. Why don't you try it? It's like, you know what? My answer to that is always, why don't you try it? And just the other day at work, a guy I really like, he's a little bit squirrely like me, so I like him. And he made reference to the uh, movie Revenge of the Nerds. And I haven't, I haven't seen that movie in years. And uh, he said, do you remember that scene? He's like, what if, it, what if you, this happened to you? Like, do you remember that scene where one of the nerds was in costume and takes the really hot cheerleader into a dark room and goes down on her? Yeah, man, she was in seventh heaven. And uh, Sugar was standing there with me, Aaron. And she's like, we looked at each other and I'm like, uh, yeah, that was rape. Uh, she didn't know who she was sleeping with. She was under the impression that it was her boyfriend. 
So I don't really know how that's a reference. And he's like, oh, well, what if you were in there with a guy and he was doing a really good job and then you turn the lights on? Like, wouldn't you be turned on by that? And I'm like, no. So what I always do is I say, okay, let's put you in that situation. Let's pretend you're in the dark. You don't know who's touching you and who's going down on you. A guy goes down on you to completion and you turn the lights on and it's a guy. How do you feel about that? Well, that would never happen. A guy would never go down on me. And I'm like, yeah, because that would be like a huge violation, right? And he's like, well, a guy wouldn't touch me like that. And it's like, oh my God. It's, it's funny to me how they can't understand how, like once you switch, switch things around on them, so they're in my position. They don't understand it. It's like, it doesn't make sense. Well, no, no, that's crazy, but you should try it. And this other guy I worked with came up to me. He was like, yeah, maybe you should try a guy. And I looked at him. I'm like, maybe you should try a guy. Maybe you'd like it. And it's hard not to be angry because they don't know that they're the sixth or seventh hundred person man to say that to me. It's like, I, I don't, I find men as attractive as you do. And I'm like, listen to me. I want you to look into my eyes. You would suck a dick before I would even think about it. Do you understand? So I feel like day after day, over and over, like I don't march in pride parades, but I will answer questions from morons. And I will do it for the rest of my life in hopes that someday, somehow, it will get through their thick, mulleted skulls that lesbians don't like men. So that's why I say I have no gray area because I don't, aside from the man boobs on, on, uh, the big, the fattest man show, I don't find men attractive at all. And I feel it's important to say that often because I want the lesbian listeners listening right now to know that there's someone like them out there. It's me. I'm here. You're not the only strictly homosexual woman in the world. You're not. There's me. I'm here too. So I know you're out there fighting the good fight with me. And then let's talk about bisexuals for a second now. I used to find bisexuals extremely fucking irritating because I'd meet these flaky girls who maybe didn't have a lot going on upstairs. And I'm not saying all bisexuals are dumb. They are not. Absolutely not. But I found them really irritating because if we were, I've dated a few, and by a few I mean like two, but I haven't dated that many girls. Anyway, shut up. Don't ask me these stupid questions. So maybe that's why, and uh, when when guys would come up to me and they're like, so she, she dated other guys before? And it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. What are you going to do when she leaves you for a guy? And then when I turn the situation around, I'm like, well, what are you going to do when your girlfriend leaves you for another guy? Like, it's just, yeah, it's going to suck if she leaves me for anyone else, whether it's the garbage man or uh, the lady that cleans toilets at the fucking Taco Bell. It, it would suck either way. But he feels that it's like, oh, you've got to eat shit over this because there's no penis in your relationship. So, ugh, fuck off. Okay. All right. I am not a gold star. I wish I was, but I'm not. I, like you, Tails, tried to be what I'm not. And it was the most wrong feeling I've ever had. I think if you're a straight guy out there, imagine letting another straight guy penetrate you and uh, what that would feel like. Gross, dirty, disgusting. Like, it's just not for me. And if you're a straight woman, good for you. Having kids will be cheap. You'll get to make a child with the person that you're in love with. Same DNA. You guys will each have a piece of DNA in that child and lucky you. Good for you. Congratulations. That's great. But that's not in the cards for me. I couldn't do that. Like seriously, if it was 1855, I'd be an old maid. I just couldn't. I just couldn't. Don't have it in me. Uh, I don't mean that I'm, I'm like a better lesbian than women who find men attractive, but I think it's important to say that if you're bisexual, you're bisexual. Because I don't think enough people, I listen to a lot of Dan Savage and he thinks this too. I get offended because I feel like some bisexual women, if they're dating a man, they say that they're straight. And those same bisexual women, if they're dating a woman, they say that they're a lesbian. Here's the problem with that from me, from a lesbian perspective. I, I'm going to say lesbian 150 fucking times today. Maybe I'll switch to dyke now. I had a run in with this woman a few years ago. Very, very nice woman. Very smart. Very funny. I liked her a lot. She was dating a woman and she was kind of in a circle of people I knew. So she's dating this woman. She 
let's pretend she had a podcast of her own, just for the sake of it. She came out as a lesbian, everything she does, she's a dyke, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, she falls in love with a man. There is nothing wrong with that. I understand that. Shit happens. You fall in love with who you fall in love with, and the unfortunate thing about being a bisexual is you have 50% more options than everyone else. So I understand how that happened. But my problem was, she went in her form of media the whole time up until she fell in love with this guy saying she was a lesbian. She was bisexual. There's nothing wrong with her falling in love with another man, in my opinion. But when you call yourself a lesbian, which you clearly are not, and that's okay, and you date a man, which is wonderful, good for you. Now, the entire fucking world, or whoever the fuck that listens to your podcast, thinks all lesbians want to sleep with men. And it just continues and continues and continues. And I feel like it just, every time that happens, it sets me personally back. It leads to more questions and more people that just don't believe you when you say you aren't attracted to men. So this is like my hell. Like my hell would be full of redneck idiots telling me I'd like it if I tried it. So I need to make sure that all of my listeners know I'm not interested. And I need to make sure that men around me who say fucking ignorant things get educated about me. Except the problem being, when you look out at lesbian movies, the majority of the time, these women hate fuck a guy to get back at their girlfriend, or they start relationships with men, or they get married. Very, very rarely do the two women ride off into the sunset together. Why can't that happen more often? Because then straight people watch these movies like the kids are all right movie. Oh, did I get mad? I seriously lost a friendship over that movie because this guy, my friend, someone I had spent countless hours with, he's been to my home. He came to Sarah's birthday parties. He was just what I thought at the time, a good friend. I cared about him. And he, we got onto the subject of that movie and I'm like, I'm not watching that movie because all I've heard, I heard the whole storyline and everything. It's an old movie. I'll tell you about it. That hot red chick. I can't remember her fucking name. I'm not looking it up. In the lesbian relationship, these women conceive through donor insemination. Just what I was about to start doing. And it turns out the kids turn 18, they find the donor, bring the donor home, and one of the pretty mom fucks the donor dad. Right. Why wouldn't I want to see this movie? And he's like, you like it, you like the end. And I knew what happened in the end, and I'm going to ruin it, so spoiler for a shitty movie. Uh, they, the, the two lesbian moms get back together. But the damage is already done, as far as I'm concerned, to everyone. And that movie was nominated for an Academy Award? Really? Where the fuck was fucking all the LGTB LMNORs over that movie? Because I found that extremely insulting and offensive to my, my family that I'm about to create. So what if in 20 years we go and find Malcolm's donor? So what's more than likely? He's going to come over for dinner and then Sarah's going to fuck him? And then we'll get back together because I have no self-esteem or pride? Like, I just... It's a sore spot for me. I get really irritated because like he sat there and said, well, what if it happened to you? And I'm thinking to myself, your wife, your ex-wife, soon to be ex-wife, cheated on you for an entire year while you paid for her to go to school. And you're going to teach me about relationships and mine in particular? You are? Mr. Divorced Guy? Yeah. You know what? You're right. Because, because... What's going to happen when Sarah leaves me for a man? Hmm. I don't know. I'll have to talk to you. You're the fucking expert. Like she would fuck her boyfriend on the side and come home and sleep in your bed. And you're going to give me fucking relationship advice. Fuck off. So yeah, I'm okay. I'm a little bit sensitive. I'm a little bit sensitive. Okay. What else? I took notes here. <sighs> I just get really agitated with this fucking subject. I do. Um, okay. So you guys were on ecstasy and he wanted to have a threesome with two girls. That's fucking shocking. I am absolutely shocked and appalled by that information. I'm not surprised by that. Uh, yeah. Um, and I know you said you don't know what a penis looks like and you didn't put it in your mouth or touch it really, but, but really you had sex yet intercourse with him. So if you, I just don't understand that part. If you have no, see, here's my problem. I don't know how to say this without offending tales. And I don't think that I can. But to me, I, I just because I've, I've had good male friends, I've had great male friends, I would never want to have sex with any of them, ever. 
no matter how nice they were, no matter how much we connected, because I don't find men attractive. Like, here's, I've said it before, I can't remember who it was. I think it was the Bob Harper, the guy from The Fattest Man, ironically enough, he was one of the coaches. He said he'd rather have sex with a 700 pound man eating out of a dumpster than have sex with a woman. I feel the same way in reverse. So I don't, I don't get it. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, it doesn't matter because your vagina is your vagina and nobody's vagina but yours. I don't care. But for me, I don't care how much of a connection I have. I'm not sleeping with a man. It's not happening. I'll, I'll put a gun in my mouth. I swear to God. If my options are live the rest of your life with this man and having sex with him every day, I would, I would kill myself. Or death, I would take the death. I would take a death by hanging any day. I just... Okay, I don't know how to say that any <laughs> any more times. None of this is funny, but uh, I just feel like I need to address it. And uh, it's weird. Uh, okay. I don't remember what the fuck I wrote here. Hang on, hang on. Right, yes. Okay, well, I guess that's it. Um, also, just because just because someone's a nice guy, you don't have to sleep with him. You're not obligated to. And just because he beats someone up for you, you don't have, you don't have to. I mean, I've had guy friends. No one's ever beat anyone up for me, but we've high-fived. I think that's a connection. I like to explore a connection that way. Okay, I don't know. I've just tanked this whole show. I feel like it's just got really weird, but I'm sure that's okay. I'm sure you really like weird shows. I'm sorry I got so defensive. I just feel like I've been fighting this fight for a tremendously long time. So that's why I'm so staunch about it, because I think about young me, 14-year-old me, and what I would want to listen to, and I would, I was looking so hard for so long in 1994 for someone who was just a lesbian, just like me. And all I came across were these horrible movies and these women who weren't totally lesbians. They had to, they went and married men because they had to out of obligation. But it's like, fuck man, it's 2014. I'm thinking about young me and I'm speaking to young me. Any of you out there who are seriously just a dyke, don't worry about it. It's okay. I'm worried about the it's, it gets better people. It will get better. Every day, things are getting better. I'm speaking to young me. So if you take offense to me saying gray area, I really don't care. I, I don't. I'm talking to me. <laughs> I'm in a time machine talking to me, listening to me. It's okay to just be gay. You're not obligated to sleep with any man for any reason under any circumstance. Sex should be enjoyable for both parties. And if, like me, during that experience with a man you found it revolting, you don't have to do it again. And you know what? If I could go back, if I could go back with the confidence I have now as a gawky, awkward, ugly teenager, I would never sleep with a guy because I knew it was wrong when I did it. And I don't even know why I did it, but I did. For whatever reason, I, I uh, rationalized it to myself then. There. I've said everything I need to say, I think. All right? Great. How do we, how do we switch subjects now? I need a segue. Anyone have, like even a real segue. I'd like to, much like the uh, creator of the segue, I'd love to drive a segue off a cliff right now. What do you think? Join me? Piggyback ride? Meh. Okay. I know that was repetitive and I'm kind of like sweaty and a, like, I feel like I just clipped Malcolm Stonehills. That's what I feel like. I'm like shaky. I'm tired. My armpits are sweating. So I'm sorry if that came across harsh, but it's just something I feel strongly about and I just... Fuck, I really want my young little homo homies to know that you don't, you're not obligated to anyone. Just fucking, just be gay and be proud. And if you're bi, be bi and be proud. You fucking tell everyone, if you're dating a guy, you're still bi. If you're dating a girl, you're still bi. Nothing wrong with it. But if you stand up and you tell people, then they'll think, oh, my cousin's bi. And then, oh, my cousin's sister's bi. And then it's like the stigma is gone and you don't have to hide in each category. You can be right in the middle. If that's where you feel you, you're... Your Kinsey scale is, you're just right in the middle. Nothing fucking wrong with that. Don't be ashamed of it. Be proud. That's what pride is all about, right? Yeah. Okay. There's a reason they don't call it shame. Me, 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 me. Oh, that was awful. That was fucking awful. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I turn into like a 50s game show host and I hate myself for it. Okay, let's listen to Kendra now. Yeah, you're welcome. I know. I need a break from me too. Hey, Sandra. It's Kendra with another uh, Adventures in Adopting segment for you. So last time I left you, we were still in Hawar. Um, we just had a busy first day there. Uh, we actually were there for two nights. So I thought a lot of the stuff we were going to do was on day two, but somehow we managed to do pretty much all of it on day one. 
So we had day two to just kind of wander around the city. We went for some walks, ate dinner, chilled out at the guest house. Um, we didn't do too much of anything. And then the third day we were picked up and taken back to the airport. Um, our flight home was supposed to be like late afternoon. We should have been back around dinner time into Addis. And the plan was to go and get, um, pick up Taya and then be able to spend the night with him before we flew home. Um, that didn't happen. The flight was delayed. We didn't know that until we got back to Diradawa and into the airport. So we had a few hours to chill out in the airport, which, um, the airport there was fairly basic. There were washrooms. However, they had no toilet seats and they were in general disgusting. Um, there was a bar, but I didn't want to get any more beer because I didn't want to have to use the washrooms until we were off the plane again, or at least on the plane. Um, so yeah, we just kind of hung out and waited and tried to stay away from the crazy people. Um, by the time we got back into Addis, it was almost 10 o'clock at night. So we, we missed our opportunity to go and see Taya. Um, the part that sucks is that he did expect us that day. Um, and so when we didn't show up, it was kind of crappy. Anyways, um, we went out the next morning. We were picked up and taken out to see him. Um, so we had another, you know, awkward visit at the guest house. They really wanted him to hang out with us. Um, I was really kind of telling him to go hang out with his friends because I knew he was leaving that day and wouldn't see them again. Um, partway through the day, they, they, they put on a going away ceremony, but they didn't have that planned for like another three and a half hours. Um, and Karen and I <laughs> didn't really feel comfortable at the orphanage, so... Um, we told them we had some shopping to do, which we did. Um, I did want to get a couple more things to bring home um, as keepsakes for Taya, um, like a traditional outfit and stuff like that. So we got our tour guide to come and actually pick us up there, take us out shopping for a few hours and bring us back closer to the, the, the goodbye ceremony. Um, apparently all of the kids had actually been dressed up for the ceremony the day before when we didn't show up. So... Um, they got them all dressed again. Uh, it really made me feel bad that we didn't make it there the day before. And they do a goodbye ceremony. They fed us dinner. We had fresh lamb. Um, Taya wouldn't eat it because they did kill it in the uh, um, in the yard that day. So anyways, we had um, a traditional uh, meal. They had a going away cake for him. They do all these dances. The kids do all these dances and stuff like that. Um, they, they prayed, which was wonderful. And, um, yeah, then afterwards we were like, okay, well, we need to get going because we have to pack our bags and get to the airport. So, uh, everyone said goodbye to Taya and he got in the vehicle with us and, uh, off we went back to the guest house. Um, he was officially in my care at that point. So, um, our flight home was at 11, left at 11 o'clock that night. So we took him back to the guest house, we packed up our bags, we played some games with him, we played some uh, basketball in the, the little courtyard at the guest home until we had to leave, and then we were off to the airport. Um, everything was so new to him, he was he was pretty good during that, he was kind of just taking it all in. This is an, an entirely new concept, we showed him the planes, um, stuff like that. This kid knew no English, so... Um, that made, that makes, uh, the communication was interesting. We kind of got them to point to everything, or at least we could talk to other people and get them to translate for us. Um, he actually fell asleep while we were waiting to get on the plane. So I got to carry him onto the plane. Um, and we weren't on there very long before he, uh, fell asleep and, and, uh, well, fell asleep again and... Um, yeah, he really didn't, uh, we didn't have any window seats and it didn't seem to matter because he wasn't awake to see any of it anyways, but he was a little trooper. It was very late for him. Uh, he did wake up a little bit when we stopped in Somalia to refuel. Not a lot off the plane in Somalia, which was a-okay with us. And, uh, other than him wanting to get up and walk around and he was kind of in the flight attendant's way, um, he did pretty good. We had some crayons with us and we colored and we, we tried to watch TV with him and we, we tried to just do different things to keep them busy. Um, we eventually got to Germany and we had seven hours in Germany. So we tried to get him something to eat. He really wouldn't eat anything or drink anything. Um, we tried to just get him to point to stuff. I bought him like a double chocolate muffin to eat because I didn't really care what he ate as long as he had something and he didn't even, although he seemed to want it, he didn't actually eat anything. Um, 
to keep him busy in Germany, Karen had, her caravan was like a rolling luggage thing. So instead of pulling it, he liked to push it. So we literally just walked around that airport for almost seven hours pushing this luggage, um, which successfully tired him out. And when we got back on the plane for Toronto, um, other than we, we, as soon as we took off, he had to pee. And that, that's a bit of a problem because I also went while we were up. Um, but I, like, I wasn't sure where this kid would go. I can't be in a plane bathroom with him. Um, you know, just all those questions when you start at five years old, like, so anyways, I kind of mentioned like, stay here when you come out and I will be there. And he did actually exactly what I told him. So that was great. Um, he then fell asleep for the entire flight. We had to wake him up just before we got to Toronto to make sure he had to go to the bathroom because I don't know how often five-year-olds have to pee. Um, so we got off, we went through customs. By this point, we'd been through security and stuff so many times, he just automatically took his shoes off every time we got there. Um, we had no issues coming into Canada. They stamped his passport. We were through in no time and uh, out to the car. We went. Um, the car ride home was a little interesting. We, uh, we had to have him in a booster seat. He's not used to that. That was a new concept for him. Um, we finally got him buckled in and all that stuff. He got to go on the little bus out to the the park and fly thing. So we get him buckled into the car and um, we're driving down the 401. <laughs> um, so we got like, you know, 16 lanes of traffic going on here and we realize he's walking around the back seat. Um, so this isn't good. He doesn't realize he has to keep his seatbelt on. So now I've got Karen in the front seat, unbuckled, with her ass hanging out the front window basically, trying to get him back buckled in and we're trying to tell him like, you have to sit there, you have to stay there. Um, we also don't know if he's going to get car sick, um, he hasn't really eaten anything, you know, we, we can't tell him how much longer it's going to be, um, we, I did live about an hour from the airport, so, um, he was a trooper and that was really the only issue we had on the way home, but, um, definitely a little tricky. So when I got home, uh, I gave him a tour of the house, I showed him his bedroom, explained my bedroom to him. And he went back to his bedroom and patted the bed. So I knew, I was like, yeah, that's your, that's your bed. That's where you're going to sleep. I just wasn't sure in the morning if he would understand to come and get me. Um, I didn't want him walking into the house. I didn't know if I would hear him up because I used, I sleep like I'm dead. So I'm not used to having a kid in the house. Um, so anyways, after we did the tour, uh, I had my parents come up. My dad hadn't met him yet. My mom was on the first trip. And I basically told them, asked them if they'd watch him so I could go and take a shower because it had been well over 24 hours now. And I said, if you can get any food into him, go for it. So my mom cut him up some apples to see if he'd eat apples with grandpa. And uh, he did, but the peeling, he wouldn't eat. And they couldn't figure out what he was doing, but he would eat all the way to the peel. And then he opened the back door and he would spit it outside, which is an Ethiopian thing because in Harar, the, the hyenas would come into town and clear the roads. So any food that was outside, they would eat that. So that's kind of how they kept the city clean. So we, we had a few uh, cultural things to work through that way. Um, anyways, after that, we were, we were tired. I managed to get him to bed and asleep in his own bed for the first night. Um, and we were successful in the morning. Um, I actually thought I heard something in the morning and opened my eyes and it was these two big eyes staring at me from about half a foot away at the side of my bed. Um, so we did, somehow I managed without any English to, to show him and let him know what he was to do in the morning to get me. Um, it was, you know, five in the morning because we weren't quite on Canadian time again, but, um, you know, everything went well. So there's a few cultural things after that. But we really didn't have any of the tantrums and stuff that you hear so much about. I got really super lucky with this one. And yeah, that's my story. Um, I may add in a few other uh, segments along the way to kind of share some of the entertaining stuff that's happened since. But um, that was my uh, four-year journey to getting my son home. So hope you enjoyed it. Sorry it was so long. And uh, yeah, I guess I'll talk to you later. Bye now. Wow. Great. How lucky are we that you were willing to share that with everyone? I, that just seemed like so much harder than labor. So much harder. Cause really 42 hours, I was done. I had my kid. You went on for four years, you said? Wow. Wow. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I'm just really thankful that you took the time out of your life to record those and send them over to us and let us come along on the journey with you. 
Having said that, I know it's unlike me to ask for more, but I'd really like to hear about his process of becoming uh, Canadian, I guess. I'd like to hear about how he learned English, how he found school, that first little while with him being home. I'd really like to hear that. Do you think you could keep going in that sense? Like, I really want to hear about that adjustment period. His first English word, things like that. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you, Kendra. Thank you. I thank you so much. Okay, I just wanted to make one more tiny point. Uh, I wonder if anyone ever questions a gay man's sexuality. Is he exempt because he likes dick? I think dick is the key to this equation. I really do when it comes to all this. The blathering I did before Kendra graced us with her wonderful story. I wonder if gay men ever say, like anybody ever say to a gay man, hey, why don't you sleep with a woman? Like, could you imagine a really butchy straight woman going up to a gay man and be like, hey, Maybe you should try the big V, huh? And then she puts the, the V-shaped fingers over her tongue and goes like this. Do you think that ever happens? Hmm. That sounds like uh, like a sitcom just waiting to happen. Hockey moms try to seduce gay men in feather boas. I don't think that's going to happen. Okay, anyway, I listened to Rose's segment from the last show about being kid-free, and Lori really enjoyed it. It was good to have someone else's perspective. I really like that as well. But I feel that Rose made a really good point. She made a lot of really good points. But the one point that really, really stuck with me is her stat. I can't remember what it is on how many vasectomies happened. And no one says a fucking word. Here's why. Men are allowed to control their own reproductive system. A woman's reproductive system is the responsibility of the whole world. Am I coming across like a crazy feminist? I don't mean to be. I just, I just wish fair was fair. Like, even in Canada, women make 20-something percent less than men do for doing the same job. Okay. I'm just in a zone right now. I didn't think I was a feminist because, you know, I objectify women. I do. I looked at the Jennifer Lawrence pictures, people. I did. So I don't know what, what soapbox I'm standing on, but that soapbox is full of holes, if you ask. <laughs> if you ask me, it's full of holes. Right. Okay, I think I've covered everything. Right. And I don't, Tails, I didn't mean to be a cunt to you. I really didn't. I can understand how that came across aggressive, but I didn't mean it aggressively in your direction. I just get irritated with that whole thing. So it's not you. And whatever the fuck kind of thing you want to label yourself as, if you feel like you're a lesbian, you are. Okay? Like no one, including myself, I don't mean to place any judgment on you. I don't care. The only thing I can say with great certainty is that I'm fucking awesome, okay? Like, can we all not agree on that? I think someone's going to leave a one-star review on iTunes. That's what I think. Okay, I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> I'm really just kidding. I'm really just kidding. I'm better than you, all of you. Uh, right, I think that's it. I think that's it for me. So you can leave a one-star review at iTunes if you want. And to all of my very, very, very generous contributors... Thank you for sharing your stories. I hope I didn't shit on you, Tails. I really didn't mean to. I really didn't. Because she didn't have to fucking contribute to this show. So I appreciate you all. All of you. But mostly me. Especially. Some might say especially me. Some might say. I would say that. Okay. And Courtney, thanks for, thanks for being a friend. I've concocted a scenario. Like, maybe, perhaps, Sarah comes to her senses and does bludgeon me. But in this scenario, this fantasy scenario, not to death. She bludgeons me just enough so I can be Sophia in my golden girls-like retirement fantasy. Following me here? So, and I don't know if this is insulting to Aaron slash Sugar, but I, I've come up with an idea that myself, Courtney, Aaron, Sugar, and this lady I work with, Lisa, who I quite enjoy, we, we, we would all kind of make up the golden girls uh, scenario. We would all contribute different. I would be Sophia. Courtney would be Dorothy. Lisa would be Blanche. She's very sweet, very kind. Maybe not naive, but assumes the best of people. We all know the golden girls. And we all kind of uh, weren't sure which one we would be. Like, I thought I'd be more of a Dorothy, but I kind of have that stroke problem where I have no filter and I just say whatever the fuck I want, apparently. And Courtney's more like Dorothy because she's, she tells it like it is and she doesn't, she doesn't fuck around, okay? You got a problem, she's going to fucking straighten you up. She'll tell you the goddamn truth. Even when you don't really want to hear it, but you need to. Do you know what I mean? And Lisa's sweet and kind, so 
She was, of course, Rose. Now comes to the tricky business, okay? Uh, is it or is it not really fucking insulting that we all knew immediately that Aaron would be Blanche? Like, does, is that not the same as screaming slut in someone's face? <laughs> I'm sorry. <coughs> I think we essentially just called her a slut. I think she may have said, so what, because I'm the slutty one? Am I the slutty one then? Is that what that means? And I was like, uh, no, you just, I think you're able to pull off a Southern accent. And I'm sure you have tons of like negligees, really flowy negligees. That's <clears throat> okay. Right. So, uh, in order to make this golden dream, golden girls retirement scenario work, I need to first, uh, be famous or at least rich. You know what I'm going to do? First step, nude pictures. Am I right? Okay. I'm going to, I'm just going to post them out there and pretend my cloud got hacked, except uh, you won't be able to see anything because my nipples will be stuck in my belly button and uh, my gunt slash front apron will cover my vagina. So you'll just essentially see uh, the Michelin man or perhaps what was that ghost in Ghostbusters? What was that? You'll see that with the little sailor hat. That'll be what you see about that color and about that girth and girth belongs with moist in the and panty they those, those three words really go in the big uh with a big x through them i'd like a circle like a non-smoking sign with an a dash through it meaning no all of those words together if anyone can come up with a sentence using girth and moist and panty please do please do and then burn in hell you burn in hell okay so itunes reviews are great uh Change of address 69 at gmail.com. We're on Stitcher. You can add me to your favorites there, even if you don't really listen there. I really like it. It makes me feel good when the numbers go up. And what else? Let's just talk more about me. Okay. Uh, yep, Facebook and Twitter. You can friend me on Facebook. Change of address. Change of address. Okay, it's time to go. I'm fucking sick of myself. Uh, change of address Facebook page. Whatever. I'm going to let Rose close the show. Rose has two jokes. Two jokes for you, Gary. Especially you. All right. Thanks. Love you. Don't go. Okay. Look, today, this was a little bit of a stressful show. Okay. I got a little intense and it wasn't that funny, but it was sure full of sexy talk, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. I fuck. What do I have? What, what, what good has come from the show? I'm sweaty. I'm twitchy. I'm tired. Now I got to sit while my fucking kid screams his head off while he gets a fucking haircut. Oh, I, I just don't want to today. Man, sometimes every once in a while I think about the days when all I had to do was nap. That was my job. Just go out, drink, come home, just rest. Gotta rest up. Now it's like Sunday at 11 o'clock and I need a nap. But I can't. I've got to take my fucking kid kicking and screaming to the goddamn salon. Pray for me, people. Even if you're not religious, just pray. Okay, here's Rose. Thanks for having me. Bye. Still here. No, I'm going. Bye. <laughs> That's never going to get old. Hang on. Hey, everybody. This is Rose with a couple of jokes for Gary and his lovely wife. They come to me from a friend of mine in Vic from Victoria, land of the newlyweds and nearly deads. The first one is, have you heard about the new corduroy pillowcases? They're making headlines all over town. Get it? Headlines? All right. The second one... Um, was told to me by the same friend 10 years ago, and I haven't been able to bring myself to repeat it until now. So here goes. Um, Oprah was going to go in for a health consultation with Dr. Phil. Um, and so she showed up and in his lovely doctor's office and said, you know, okay, Dr. Phil, I'm, I'm here. What do you, what, what can you do for me? And he's like, Oprah, I need you to get over there on the south wall and get down on your hands and knees on, on all fours. And she looked confused, but she did it. And then he said, no, that's not quite right. Uh, I tell you what, go to the north wall again, hands and knees on all fours over there by the north wall. So she did thinking, you know, Dr. Phil's a fucking genius for my health. I'm, I, I will do what he tells me. I am Oprah. And he's like, no, no, that's, that's not quite right either. So then he pointed over to the east wall and said, Oprah, I need to ask you one more time. Let's try this one more time. Maybe it'll work. Get on your hands and knees on, on all fours. 
you know, right, perfect, yep, back straight, perfect. No, that's not quite right either, though. And before he pointed to the last wall, Oprah was getting fed up. And she said, Dr. Phil, I have no idea how this is supposed to help me with my health problems. And Dr. Phil said, oh, oh, this isn't about your health. I just ordered a new black leather sofa and wanted to see where it would look best in my office. Ba -dum -bum. 